Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is gonna be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are back again. Yes, we are. Hey, that's Chris. <laughs> so, Chris, this is episode one. Cool, that's a lot. <laughs> people have been listening to us for 100 episodes, which is crazy to think. Yeah, those people are insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it, it's something we wanted to do a little different than our normal episode of talking about whatever, um, whatever random game. So just kind of let the listeners know there's a few things that we're going to talk about today uh, just to give some people you know, kind of a look back and a look forward into the Rage Quit Wire podcast. So uh, first thing that we're going to do is just kind of go and refresh for especially newer listeners on uh, kind of the story behind our podcast. Uh, We're also going to talk about things that maybe we've learned from or we've made mistakes on. Uh, We'll go ahead and highlight some of our favorite episodes, and then we'll get a quick uh, vision of what we want to do in the future, and then we'll end the episode with some questions we got from some of our listeners. So I think the first thing that we'll talk about, Chris, is just what kind of where and why we decided to create this podcast. So what was going on where we were just like, you want to know what? This is something we need to do. We need to put on a podcast, get our opinions out there. And I mean, why did we decide to do that? When we first started, it was right around the time that we were getting into Guild Ball, and there were a few Guild Ball podcasts around, and they all tended to be saying the exact same things. Like and it's very it, mathematical. Yeah, well, it was pretty mathematical, so like the style was was one issue, but the other one is it just became like this internal circle jerk of agreement, <laughs> and we were just kind of sitting here in a another part of the country and be a different style of meta and we were just like you know what fuck that we want to be able to play this game the way we think we should play it and the way we want to play it and we're going to tell people about it yeah and i i think it was kind of interesting what you said there where it really was people like well i think this is the top faction well i think you're right that that's the top faction well here's why we think it's right oh you're right about that and it's just like we thought a lot of those models and, and teams they were talking about were just dumb. We're like, that sounds boring, and why would you play that way? Yeah, it's like they learn nothing from mainstream media. Like, you're supposed to have people argue all the time, and that's how you get listeners. Yeah, so we kind of decided <laughs> to, because uh, you and I t- typically can, like, debate things. Like, even we both know that there's sometimes where we might argue, and we agree, but we want to argue just to argue, right? Well, yeah, that's usually you trying to just argue to argue. <laughs> I always state things that are correct and true. I mean, I can remember that this all started with us kind of going on road trips to tournaments. And 
we would literally, we'd be in the car and we'd start arguing about stuff and people would be on the car with us and, you know, it'd be an entertaining argument. And I think you made the comment of like, you know what, we should like be recording this for like a podcast or something. Yep. And I think that that was Again, true and accurate. Um. Well, I, I think it was funny, though, because I remember one of the road trips we were actually arguing, and you wanted to say that Eminem was one of the best rappers ever, and He's I was like, the wrong. greatest rapper of all time, period. <laughs> it's not like, it, it's not one of, it's number one all time ever. And that really inspired us to kind of start the podcast, right? So we why did we kind of settle on the Rage Quit Wire? Why was that something we're like, well, you know what? We need to come up with a title like this as opposed to the Guild Ball podcast. Well, yeah. So there were two factors. One was that the other podcast that we were listening to would have these very like kind of niche names, maybe be named after um, some terminology that... From the game. Yeah, from the game. And we wanted to always be able to just talk about whatever we wanted, right? So, like, we didn't want to be beholden to Guild Ball only. We wanted to be able to just talk about whatever games we might be playing. And so we wanted a name that was going to embody that. And then we kind of thought about, you know, what sort of a show and what we want to talk about and, um, like you know, set the tone. And so when we, when we thought about the stories and things that we came up with, uh, they were typically those rage quit stories. And those are the yeah. ones that are the most entertaining and funny. And so it kind of got born out of that. Um, I'm, I'll, I'm going to take the credit I deserve. I came up with the name. So you're welcome world. You did. Cause we started talking about like what we envisioned the podcast being and, we were talking about like, you know, titles and, you know, this feed and, and you came up with the idea of like rage quit, but putting wire on the end of it, like, you know, some kind of like news outlet, but raging, right. The raging news outlet. kind yep. of Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, you and I play a lot of games together. We always wanted to have a podcast where we could just talk about the games we enjoyed playing and just the crazy moments and interactions and and rage that we have in those in those games that we love. Yep, those are always the funny stories. Yeah, and and like you said, I think I'm not going to say which podcast this was, but there was a podcast that I had you listen to for Guild Ball. I was like, "Hey, this is one of the popular co- podcasts for Guild Ball." And you just kind of you listen to like the first 10 minutes and you're like, Pete, that was boring as hell. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there are some that are really boring. Yeah, and and that's I, why I, I'm like, okay, this might be good if you're fucking will hunting, but I am not a janitor at MIT, so I am not interested in listening to this bullshit. Yeah, we we've never been a podcast that you know. Obviously, we'll go through the numbers a little bit, but I mean, we're talking about people that they're talking about percentages. You know, this stat is you know slightly better than that stat. This will cause you to get a percentage reaction off this likelihood of success. Four dice, and I'm just like, I just like to play the fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's that's where we. We uh, wanted to take things and we we're like, okay, well, this is going to apply to whatever we want to talk about because I just have deep rivers of rage running through me. Yeah. And it, it's kind of interesting as we kind of go forward here. 
because from that start point, there's a lot of lessons we learned along the way and things that we kind of adapted to. So what's one thing that you've kind of learned as we've kind of created this podcast, Chris? Yeah, so I, I mean, when I would listen to podcasts, right, it was always so easy for me to think, ah, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Um, they meant, they meant this ability or they're referencing, you know, this character from whatever movie. And it was so easy as a listener for me to like pick apart the places where they made errors. Mm-hmm. But as someone that's now on a podcast and is the speaker and the content creator, there are so many elements that you're considering and thinking about that it's easy to just kind of have a lapse and switch to abilities or remember, uh, you know, get an attack of dyslexia and switch some numbers or whatever and, and, and be wrong. And, I think that there had to be this point where I just had to accept, like, listen, if we want the uh, authenticity of a show that isn't heavily edited or where we're having to record a bunch of stuff, I need to just accept the fact that, yeah, there are some times where I'm just going to get something wrong and someone's going to correct me and think that I'm an idiot. Um, But the reality is, and I'm sure this is true of other podcasts, I did know the right thing. I just had a small lapse and uh, set it incorrectly. Or the, uh, the other side of that coin is there are times where by expressing my opinion just off the cuff, I get something wrong and I have to, you know, be corrected by you or John or whoever else. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we do a good job of kind of correcting each other and, uh, at least kind of helping clarify things sometimes when we catch it. There's times though, where, you know, you might say something and I don't catch it, but I think that sparks uh, a conversation with people and, and they can go ahead and, you know, talk about, okay, well, here's how it actually works. And then we get educated on it and it, and it promotes, you know, good play and fun and, and lots of other things. So I definitely think that's a, a positive that we've definitely learned to kind of work through, but not let it drag down our podcast, you know? Yeah. So I think that when, when listening to like a podcast and this is just kind of a general thing that I take away now listening to podcasts is if somebody says something like the Mona Lisa was painted by Michelangelo and everyone knows it was painted by Leonardo da Vinci, right? Those are like, obvious errors where someone just misspoke and you should just give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, Oh, they're not an idiot. They, they know it's Leonardo da Vinci. They just misspoke and said the wrong thing. Um, the other errors where you say that this ability does this thing because you're doing a review of cards for the first time and you don't really understand the card and how the abilities interact, or you say this ability will interact with this other ability in this way, and you don't realize that there's been a correction made. Those are errors where people need to be willing as content creators to say, I got this wrong. And 
I need to adjust my thinking and I appreciate somebody correcting me. Um, but the other ones are ones that usually you can just chalk up to, oh, the person was just, you know, they were just on a roll and they misspoke and it's it's not a big deal. They did know the correct answer. Well, I think we've also gotten better at kind of um, correcting each other sometimes, where if we do misspeak, I think the other one's usually good at, you know, correcting it and and reframing it the way it's it was meant to be. The one thing that I kind of, I know that this is more me than you because I, I just, that's your personality. But me personally, I had to kind of be at peace with that. You're going to make people mad and you're not going to be able to please everybody that listens to your podcast. And early on, I really, I really did more heavy editing and cutting of things that I thought, you know, would make people unhappy. And I just realized that that's just not us. And those people that get upset over those uh, phrases and statements are probably not people that are going to listen to our podcast long term and the hell with them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's, that's, I think, another important one is trying to find that balance. Because we've definitely had a podcast where, in fact, I think it's a podcast that we took down where we were very overcritical. Uh, yeah, but I, I think more so, yeah, very heavy with expressing how we felt yeah. and obviously the individuals that we were talking about didn't get a chance to give their side of the story. Yeah. And so we th thought that it was more fair to just say, okay, let's just remove this and like, let's, you know, dial back on a situation where it's one-sided. Yeah. Um, although we have tried specifically not to dial back on expressing like those emotions. Yeah. And I think that that finding that balance has been pretty important, but yeah, there, there's definitely times where it's like, no, I feel passionately about this. I want to say this. And if it's the difference between listeners or me being able to express myself, uh, Ultimately, I have to stare back at the man in the mirror and I would rather express what I felt than uh, coddle to somebody that might be sensitive. Yeah, I think the last episode you and I did where I kind of grilled Steamforge a little bit is an example of that, right? Like, I feel like I, I, I had to step up for my principles and say what I was feeling at that moment. But then... Yeah, but you didn't have to make personal attacks on people. But, and then... <laughs> <laughs> the other one is the one you were just talking about. That was a definite learning the learning moment where it was like, okay, I mean, there are different points of view. There are also some tournaments because we were ripping on a tournament. And I was like, there's some tournaments where, you know, I know what being competitive and super, you know, edgy and trying to win all the tournaments and games is not what some people are about. Some people just want to go to a tournament, have fun and that be it. So it, it was more important to build that relationship with gamers than it was to, you know, pick apart this event. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the listeners will be interested to know that when it comes to the big moments of like really overstepping and rubbing people the wrong way and being, you know, too brutal in our assessments of mm -hmm. things, Typically, we found out the ones that had to be edited out were yours, Pete, not mine. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> the big one that I had to edit out? 
Yeah, there were there were there, there have been a couple of times where Pete has said things where I'm just like, well, yeah, I don't even think that we could say here's, that. Here's the funny uh, thing, um, right? So this and this one's kind of the funny one. I mean, it's not funny what I said, but it's funny because somebody sent us a message and they were like, dude, there was this moment on your last episode where it was so cringy. I just I couldn't listen to the rest of the podcast. And I was like, what the hell did Chris say now? I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I started apologizing for Chris and stuff. And then he's like, no, it was actually what you said. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I compare. Yeah, they- I compared something to a battered housewife and the guy didn't like it. And I, I it, it, it's just one of those things where I, I used to use that phrase a lot. I don't use it as much anymore. But I, it's just something that slipped out, and I didn't even know I said it, really. Yeah, or there was a time, and, and we won't say who this is about, but there was a time where you were venting and you used the phrase big fat jerk about <laughs> someone that was like Yeah, we had to edit, edit, edit that out. And we had to take that out. Yeah, well, I said it, and I was like, oh, crap, that person is fat, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> So as much as I get the reputation as being the one that like is the offensive one, yeah. the reality is Pete has been the one that we've actually had to like pull back whole segments or episodes because he's gone ham well, on people. And keep in mind, I was in the military, so sometimes I do let it fly. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes the things I used to say in the military are definitely not appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you'd get away with saying a lot of those things at your own house. No. Your wife probably would not go for some of those things. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, anything else we learned from or any other mistakes we kind of just had to learn to change or deal with throughout the years? I mean, I think that the equipment one was a big one. I mean, if you listen to that first episode, <laughs> we were recording off of uh, a recording device that someone got at a business conference yeah it was like a little handheld recorder and it like the difference between the mics that we have now versus what we started with is night and day and i don't think we have the fanciest mics but we just have something that's of decent quality so yeah and also if you're gonna record a podcast yeah and also for podcast recorders just not just the equipment because i mean we have mics that are like 50 to 100 bucks i mean they're not that expensive and wait, wait, yours is a hundred bucks. Yeah, I use my head. I use my headset now. What the fuck, man? Why won't you upgrade my gear? Yeah, I mean, I could, I guess. I mean, but you wouldn't know how to work it. That's I true. say, don't change something that works <laughs> for you, Chris. So, but the point is, and then also the big thing I had to learn editing wise is I had to learn how to balance the audio because when we were recording, we used to record on one mic too. Remember, Chris? We both just recorded into the same mic. We'd have you'd have yeah. to meet up at my house, and we'd have to you know put the earplugs in together. <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd share one set of ear of headphones. I would put one in my ear, and he would put the other in his. It was so it was funny. Kind of like a '90s, you know, you know, romance comedy, but you know, yeah, we were like Siamese twins. <laughs> and and I used to have to learn how to balance the level because it was one single audio file and now we've learned to, you know, record on multiple audio files and it's just easier to edit and make sound pleasing to the ear. So another thing we've definitely learned over the years. Yeah. And I have, you know, I've stood back and supported you in learning that. That's right. All right. So the next thing that I want to talk about is, what are some of the episodes that you are like, these are some of the best episodes that 
we recorded. And these are some really good highlights of what the Rage Quit Wire is all about. The We Hate Farmers episode. Okay, so so sure. why? And that's on the YouTube channel if people want to check it out. But and I think I actually put it on to our uh, our Podbean feed or where you guys can download our uh, podcast. But what do you love about that episode, Chris? That one really kind of set the pace. It was right after the Farmers and Gilball got released, and they were super. They were broken. Powerful. They were broken. They, yeah, they, they were. They were op. Um, that's one thing that we, as much as we vent and try to you know, indulge in those, uh, what, how should what I call them? Those knee jerk reactions and embrace those knee jerk reactions. I try not to say something's OP when it's not right. Like even when I'm complaining about something, if it's not actually broken, I really try to not claim that it is just cause I had a disappointing experience. But in that case it was broken and I was just fucking pissed. And so that was one where it really kind of set the tone for the type of podcast we were going to have, the fact that uh, we were going to be unapologetic about strong opinions, and we weren't going to just go along with the party line of what every other podcast was saying yeah. about working through the stats. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of give some background, just so people know how bad it, farmers really were, because there's a lot of people who might not know Guild Ball. Farmers was pretty much, if you can think of the most powerful faction or crew or whatever in the game, that was the farmers when they were released. They were super good, and I bought them and I played, and this was just the first half. It wasn't even the Thresher box, which was the more powerful of the two boxes, and I think Chris and I played different matchups with me playing farmers at least a dozen times and you didn't even win once. And we were pretty yeah, similar to playing. I was levels. trying different things. It was frustrating as hell. And a lot of it was the two inch reach, a lot of the um the markers that they used for to get more influence and stuff. And and we were talking to people and they're like, Well, just why don't you step on the markers? And it's like, I fucking tried that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's the other thing is I love when we were getting, and this is also why we kept going with the podcast is people would give these like glib answers to the issues that we were encountering. And it's like, it doesn't fucking work that easy. <laughs> like maybe if you're a perfect player, you can do that. But in real fucking life where you don't get to make every activation perfectly, it doesn't fucking work like that. <laughs> oh man. And you were playing butchers at the time, which were, Oh, yeah. They were not underpowered, but they were they were mediocre and a lot of one inch reach, which really just killed a lot of your activations for sure. Oh, yeah. So that that's definitely one. Um, I think I would also go with uh, the episode where we had Jamie on for the Falconers release. You're talking about the, you're talking about the new you're talking about the us. new hunters. No, I'm talking about when, yeah. It was the new. It was when well, season four came out. It was Hunters and Falcons, Season four, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got to reveal them as we, a podcast. Yeah, we got we got the kind of exclusive reveal. They kind of split up the reveals for the different media outlets, and we got one of those. And that's, to this day, one of our most downloaded episodes. And uh, I, Jamie's just such a cool guy. Yeah. Like, I think that the friendship that I've kind of built with Jamie is probably surprising to folks because he's so mild mannered Jamie. Yeah. Jamie's so mild mannered, a much more straight laced guy. Um, and I'm so over the top, right? <laughs> like I, I think that in some ways, like we really embody 
the stereotypes of our cultures yeah. and our countries. Um, and yet we've, we've, we've become really good friends and that that's always going to be a, an episode that I remember that really won't. Yeah. Break. I would say any episode that we had Jamie or Sherwin on were really awesome episodes. Uh, I, I remember my, one of my favorite episodes was when Sherwin, you know, just randomly dropped new captains off in our lap and was like, what do you think of these guys? And we're like, holy shit, <laughs> this is pretty yeah. cool. And also I made a, an accurate prediction because the couple weeks before we had Sherwin on, I actually guessed that, you know, Boar was going to be a new captain. And sure enough, he was. Yep. Yep. That, that was pretty cool. So... Um, yeah, some of those interviews with the Steamforge guys, I think definitely go into that, into that bucket of like classic episodes. What are some that you were thinking of? What are some of the early ones that you were thinking of that were really great episodes? So some of the ones that I liked were, there's a couple that I liked that I'm going to share. One that I really liked was when we we started getting some interactions with the community, meaning people that, you know, were better at the game than us. And uh, I think the one that really kind of sticks out to me was, I think it was like our 10th episode. We had Mike Klein um, on the, on the podcast and he hated Chris. Like when he would read and listen to Chris talk on the podcast, like he, he literally like, I think had a genuine dislike for what Chris would say and, and do. And then we had him on and it was a pretty like productive podcast. I mean, you guys argued back and forth. He's more of a, you know, numbers guy. So he didn't quite fit with what we would feel, but that was fine because it kind of showed how there's different uh, mindsets in metas and in the game. And it showed how both can coexist in a game. And, and, and Mike has be, become a good friend as well. Yep. Um, we're, we're friends on like social media. It's funny because Mike actually... <laughs> He's made a point to like not comment on things that like get into the realm of like politics with me because obviously like our, our mindsets, I think just in life in general are just very different. Um, but we've obviously become good buddies um, even though we have very different approaches to how we view life and uh, our personalities and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I think that that one with Mike was, was probably a good one. And I, I think that, he probably walked away from it thinking, well, I still think that Chris guy is an asshole and I still think he's wrong about everything, but I like yeah. him. <laughs> bless his heart. Um, <laughs> no, he's not from the South. He doesn't get to use bless his uh, heart. There's two other episodes that I want to talk about that I really liked. One is actually an episode that it was, it was we released it right before Christmas. So I don't, I don't know why it didn't get as many downloads. Maybe it's because people just didn't want to hear us bitch about stuff. But um, oh, the, the airing about. of grievances was an outstanding episode that we just had a list and we just complained about stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I really thought that episode, we should do that again this year. I think we will. And and you've got a lot of fucking oh, grievances. Oh, oh, we do this year. Well, this year, I think we should open it up too beyond just gaming because 2020 has been a <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that that will have a lot of grievances and uh, something else that came out of these early episodes. I don't know if you remember, Chris, but we used to find random audio clips that kind of had something to do with the episode. And that was yes. our intro to our episodes. Yes, I, I remember uh, one of them that we pulled was 
the theme music from Hulk Hogan coming on, out to the ring. The real American. Yeah, that's when Bots won the uh, championship. After, yeah, when Bots won the championship. Yeah, so that was real American, baby. Yes, I, I remember doing that. I I I I know that we've had some concerns about whether or not like there's some copyright infringement. Yeah, yeah, we're like, well, uh, it's only like thirty seconds. We should be good. <laughs> yeah, we should be okay. Um, I, one of the, my favorite ones too was that one. Do you remember when we found that uh, song "Year of the Ox"? Yeah, Stampede by on those him. Asian rappers. Yeah, Stampede on them. And yeah, and 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 we uh, we threw that at the beginning of an episode. I think it was when they revealed the new uh, adjustment. The the uh, buff and errata on Ox yeah. is when we when we threw that up, and that was kind of a fun fun episode too. Yeah, I was so happy. <laughs> and then the last one that I wanted to bring up was the uh, Carolina Beer Conference in 2019, and this was a fun episode because all we did is we put a mic in the middle of the table in my house, and we had people from North Carolina come down. We had um, I think our buddy Rick from Florida came up and. We literally just sat there, played games for most of the afternoon, drank a bunch of beers, and then we recorded about stuff. And it it it's still a fun listen, even though some of the content content's not up to date. It's just fun to hear people BS and get drunk over stuff. And that's actually, dude, I think that's where I made the pledge to play rat catchers at the next tournament. <laughs> and you were begging me not to do it. Yeah, because they were not good for those people that don't know. They were like the worst guild. And I was like drunk and, you know, full of myself. I'm like, you want to know what? I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you the uh, one of the other episodes, and this one's a more recent one that is definitely in my favorites list is that first episode. and, And we traded. So we did an episode where he came on our our podcast and then we went on his is with Craig from Third Floor. Yeah, that was a good episode. And and the thing about that episode that was so unique and so special is, of course, people expect that you and I have good chemistry on this because we've known each other and been recording for a long time. But the way that we were just able to flow with Craig so easily, that was that that was kind of a a special podcast and, and unusual to have such quick instant chemistry with somebody you'd never recorded with. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is kind of when you invite somebody on for a podcast and once again, this can be for anybody who's looking to just start anything is chemistry and just flow is a big thing. If you're going to be a one man show, like I really give a lot of credit for people that can do a podcast on their own. Because you have to be so, you have to have such a vision where you want the podcast to go. And if you're not a solid, you know, confident, well-spoken, well-researched person, it's not going to do very well. I mean, we had a friend who tried to start their own podcast on a game and it was not very good. And I mean, the guy had motivation to do it, but it just, it didn't flow, right? It just, it was a weird podcast. Yeah, it was just him on his own. Yeah, that was that was pretty tough. Um, but I I would also include everyone kind of needs to fall into what their roles are going to be. Oh yeah, what roles? What roles that. are those, Chris? What roles do we have well, on the podcast? So, yeah, <laughs> I think that I mean what we what what it's kind of come to is I'm sure that you would like to 
do some of what I do, which is, you know, just be a wild card and off the cuff all the time, but that won't work. Like you kind of take on the role of being the straight man. Yeah, we can't, we can't both. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we can't both be the bad cop. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we can't both be the bad cop. And um, you, you keep things on track, you keep things, you know, the, the pattern and the system and the order. And then it's not an act. And I don't think that, you know, people think it is, but I, like, I really do come on this podcast many times and I'm seeing things for the first time and just giving like a true gut reaction to it. Um, and part of the reason why we're able to do that is I'm not somebody that's, really worried about being wrong. Yeah. Like if I, if I get it wrong, I can be like, okay, I got it wrong. Like, so what? <laughs> and let's move forward. Right. And then you correct me or John will correct me and say, no, no, no it doesn't read that way. And, and, um, and it actually creates a little bit more authentic experience. And I think it's more helpful to listeners oftentimes because some of those initial insights or initial, what would be the reaction right term? Some of those, yeah, some of those initial reactions are incorrect or you mistake how the interaction between two abilities might work and it, you do have to get corrected and other people would make that cor- make that error as well. Um, and so many other times with podcasts when they do a lot of research and stuff beforehand, um, they miss the entire segment of the community that is really casual, that maybe is just listening to get updates on what's come out that's new. Um, They don't have a lot of time to play it. They just kind of want some initial things. And by me making some of those errors and being willing to make some of those errors, uh, it creates a connection for people that would also make a similar error. And then they can say, oh, no, I remember on the podcast, this was a mistake Chris made. And uh, that I, I would have misread that the same way or whatever. Um, and so I think that having having those roles and being able to say embrace those roles for the positives and negatives uh, can be really helpful. Well, I, and I think there's two things there. One, it, it it does that's an aspect of gaming that I think a lot of podcasts miss on. They they want to be right and they want to you know be accurate, but it's like think about that feeling you get when you read something for the first time and you have this really quick reaction to it, whether it's positive or negative. And people want to hear that reaction. They want to hear that excitement or that dread in some cases. And it, it builds this really honest dialogue, which is the second part I was going to mention where, you know, you have a person reacting the first time and then you have a couple other people working through it with them to kind of figure out, well, is that really how it works? I mean, is that going to be a problem? I mean, what do we think about that? And it creates this really interesting dialogue that we have definitely intentionally, um, intentionally done. And I, yeah. I think that honestly, Chris, that, that also speaks to the strength of you and me, because there's a lot of times where, I mean, people may or may not know this. I mean, most of the time you, you don't even know some of the topics that we're going to talk about on the show. You come into it just ready to get that knee jerk reaction, which I think is a, it's a positive because people are entertained by that. People want to get that initial reaction with you. So I definitely think that's something we've done that's intentional, but it also speaks to the credit of how well we can flow and think off of just knee-jerk reactions like you and I both do. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where when we do that, right, like it, it's something that we, we're happy with now and we've found a good rhythm with, 
but we're not fabricating it. Like, I think that there are a lot of others that like, they want to pretend like they have that, but it's so contrived that people can tell that, okay, like you're pretending like you've never seen this before and it just doesn't play off very well. And so, uh, I think that we found a good balance and and part of that is me just embracing being lazy and not looking at shit before we record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome. So America moving forward though. And world. Yeah. Right. The dozens and dozens (laughs) of listeners. (laughs) It's okay. We have hundreds of listeners now, don't we? Yeah. But I like saying dozens because it, it helps. It helps me. It makes me happy. Um, yeah. and it, honestly, even if we, we never really cared about numbers, cause even now, I mean, we don't get the most downloads as far as a podcast, but you know, as long as we have like even a couple dozen people that like hearing what we're saying, it's like, we'll still put out stuff. Cause you know, people just want something to listen to something to react to and just generally have a good, you know, good sound coming into their ear holes. Amen. <laughs> so moving forward, Chris, what are some things that you would like to see in the future? What are some things where, you know, once you and me get settled down in these new jobs and we have more time to, you know, dedicate to the nerding, what, what are, I was going to say more, more, more time, not having to play games in a fucking mass. Yeah. What are some of the, uh, maybe would be a highlight. future things you would like to see us go as a podcast? You know, we haven't, and, and granted they're not really going on, but we haven't really done any like tournament road trips. Even, even before COVID, we hadn't really hit a tournament road trip recently, and it, it would be nice to go hit one soon. Um, yeah, I think the last one I went to is a couple of us went to Georgia in September, and then and that was for Malifaux. Yep, and then we went to another Malifaux tournament back before COVID, which was back in like February. So, yeah, it's been very sparse, but you know that's mainly due to just jobs and COVID and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I I still have never gone to like Gen Con or anything like that. I wouldn't mind going to something like that. Yeah, because SteamCon was such a fun. blast that yeah, definitely we got to do one of those bigger conventions when they're uh, up and running again. Yeah, so let's hope we get some of those up and running. Yeah, I think one of the goals that I want, especially as I gain more free time with this new job, uh, and gain more financial stability, because. It's really crazy that now that I'm not a teacher, even though I'm starting this job brand new, within like a year, I'm going to be already making more money than I did as a teacher, which is just, uh, yeah, that's that's something. But I want to do more video content, which does take more time. And I know as soon as... And you're going to post it to your OnlyFans or what? Yeah, exactly. You know, check, check yeah. it out. <laughs> it, enjoy, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because we did that unboxing for that game that we just put up on uh, YouTube. Not, I mean, what was it? Maybe a couple of weeks it's ago. It's called the Edge Dawn, Dawnfall. Like, act like act like you even know the games that we do unboxings on. I honestly, usually those kind of games, it's like Chris, you know, messages me and it's like, hey, I got this new game that I got on Kickstarter, and it's like, all right, what <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so, so the next one that I actually want to do an unboxing of because I got like all the shit for it, I think um is this game called who goes there that was kickstarter and basically the theme of it is the thing like john carpenter's the thing um who goes there is the book that the thing was based on but it's got kind of that betrayer mechanic to it oh nice 
Oh yeah, we, we and talked about you that. Know, you know, I love those types of games. Like yeah. anything that's got a betrayer mechanic, I'm like in. <laughs> yeah, uh, and some other things also to give the viewers just some some looks behind the curtain here. Uh, we're also looking at just not focusing too much on one game. I think I've definitely been focusing on Malifaux, but we've also been doing God tier and just another little peek on something else. Infinity just released a new edition and we've got content coming for that too. So, Oh, we do. Oh yeah. So we're really, we start. Wait, am I going to be included on that content? Uh, I mean, you can, if you want, I don't know how much you want to talk about infinity. I do want to talk about Infinity because I still got a bunch of fucking Nomad models. Well, good. So if that game gets a little bit fucking simpler to play, I might play it. Yeah, so I think, Chris, you'll be pleasantly surprised by this because we are going to talk about the new edition that came out. And little spoiler alert, Pete bought some TAC models, so... Oh, did you? Okay. It. <laughs> so more... I mean, I think that we're just going to spread ourselves and just do some unboxings, some of the games we're really playing, we're going to focus on. Uh, and I, th- I just think that there's a lot of games that players play that they just play two to three to four games, right? And they want to hear about all the games they like doing. So if we're playing it and people want to hear it, we're going to put out content for it. Uh, and that includes games that we maybe haven't played a lot before, but just kind of getting... As we've always done, we're kind of like, you know, the 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 champions of the common people, right, Chris? <laughs> that Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're the people's champs. Yeah. I mean, because if you really think about it, and this is no spoiler to anybody who's ever listened to the podcast, uh, we cater more to the, I was going to say common person, but more the casual player, right? We want the casual players yeah. to know what's going on and enjoy themselves when they're out playing these games. Even if they play against, you know, a person who's playing and they're really good, you can still have ways to have your fun. And that's kind of what we focus on. And we want to annoy the hardcore players. That's so, right. I mean, win, 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 as Michael Scott would say, win, win, win. Yeah, we win too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're, We've been talking about a few things in the works uh, as far as... A lot of Bushido questions. Are, are we getting a lot of Bushido yeah, questions? Yeah, people keep are like, when, when is Chris going to teach you how to play Bushido? When? I don't fucking know how to play Bushido. <laughs> okay, so you need... I don't know how to do fucking key tests and all that bullshit. <laughs> this is your baby. <laughs> I understand. You know what? Maybe, Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe... We find an event because I hear that like Georgia's got like a decent Bushido group now. Yeah. And maybe we find an event to go to like down there. And have them teach on the it fly. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we make it a weekend. And, and maybe it's not that we play in the tournament, but maybe we do like a, you know, an, a, a something where we're able to dive into Bushido for, you know, hours on a weekend and you know, learn all the ins and outs of Bushido and, you know, whoever's running the tournament, maybe it was running us through demos and teaching us how to play and that sort of stuff. Maybe that's the way that we can, we can do it because I don't, dude, I suck at like teaching people. Like if I already know how to play a game, I'm great at teaching people how to play games. Cause I can just like simplify it down and make it easy for them to learn. But if I don't know how to play a game, I can't, I am not the guy that can just pick up a rule book and be like, okay, like I can just imagine all of this and now it works out. <laughs> That's just not me. No, that is not. Usually hand- other people are assigned to the learning the game. You hand it off to I other people. Them. 
And then I'm great at like building the hype, right? Like if it's a good game, I'm I'm great at being like, "Hey Pete, you're gonna like this. Go play it." Yeah, we'll see. Bushido, but I, Bushido. but I will tell you, and this is once again for the future. Uh, I did play the new edition of Infinity. Clay ran me through a demo, and like I said on that, we're actually interviewing a guy, and we'll share what we think of the uh, new edition. Okay. Well, when are we doing that? Uh, I believe. Let me check the old calendar here. It's going to be the episode after this one. Okay. And we are going to record on the 10th. So that's next Tuesday. Okay. I might be able to make that work. There you go. Cool. I I am totally willing to play Infinity. There's all sorts of shit I like about Infinity. I just couldn't master a billion fucking difficult rules. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, you like what you hear. And if so, Chris might be playing more Infinity. Look out. Yeah, well, I look still out, got those world. fucking Nomad models, all pretty in red. Okay, before we go on to the questions from the listeners here, Chris, why do you like the Nomads? This is a very kind of funny thing. Oh, well, personality-wise, I like that they're like, you know, they're kind of like these these uh, outsiders that like don't like the government. And aren't they and also like low-tech? They, they are low-tech, <laughs> but more importantly, they don't like the Big Brother aspect of A-left. like... Aleph and you know being able to track our every move like they're off the grid they're off the fucking grid that's what I like about them there you go all right so we're gonna start off with uh our Patreon questions and then we'll kind of go into a couple of other general questions that we got and that'll fill out our our time nicely for the old one double o so this comes from a, a longtime patron Powell and he, he's been awesome he's, he's from Poland and He's he's always listened to the podcast when we start. He's actually the reason we started the Patreon page because he was like, you know, I know what? I'd love to support you guys. Just throw you a couple bucks and, you know, you guys got a Patreon page. And I was like, um, sure. And I created one and <laughs> and he's been a listener pretty much ever since. But yeah, he asked a question uh, basically saying, how do you feel about the power balance in Malifaux? Uh, he said after Guild Ball. The game feels bonkers, as the gap between certain masters, even within a single faction, is massive. So, what do you think about the balance? I know you don't have as much experience. Uh, Wait, do you want me to take this one? I think I've got this one handled. Okay, do it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I feel like the balance in Malifaux is that there's wild swings, like, just depending on who you run as a master. Right? Like, if if you're running that dreamer team... You will fuck some shit up if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But there are some that it's like, I can't make heads or tails out of this shit at all. I think Malifaux is kind of a weird game where it's like, it's balanced because everything's unbalanced. You know what I mean? I don't like that element. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's a good, because I feel like it's saying like, oh yeah, this is balanced because everyone's going to give you gotcha moments. And I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, I think you liked the game, Chris. I just think that some of that, you're really an anti-gotchu. Like if Chris had a platform and he was running for King of the Nerds, his platform would be reading anti-gotcha. Yeah, that's facts. Hardcore <laughs> big facts. Yeah. What's the what's the biggest gotcha in gaming, Chris, that you have ever had that you just got so pissed off about? I don't know. Are you thinking of one specifically? No, I'm just asking if there's one that really sticks in your crawl where you're like, oh, this one guy got me really good with this one time and I just wanted to punch him in his face. Oh, uh, yeah, I can think of one. Um, there was this guy when I was living in Salt Lake. His name's Richard. 
He's a great Signar player in War Machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nemesis. he actually he actually tried. I was learning how to play War Machine. Yeah. So I was not very good, but I had discovered at that point Butcher Three. So I I I knew what I liked, but I didn't have a lot of exposure to the other ones. And he tried to explain what his team did, but I didn't. I wasn't good enough to understand. You're like, I know these words. Would have. Yeah, I like I know some of these words. Um and I think he was playing like Nemo or something oh, and Butcher 3's whole thing is like, "Hey, let me suck your team in and then like chop all their heads off." Yeah. Um and I think Nemo if I remember correctly has like some ability where like everyone's locked in place, like they're they're magnetized to their spots. Yeah, can be pushed or something like that. Yeah, and I just couldn't like couldn't do, do the what thing. I wanted to do and I was like this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite gotcha moment was actually against you, Chris. And I'll share okay. the I'll share the one that was mine that I really hated and I wanted to punch somebody in the face. So my favorite one when you and I were playing was when we you probably like my fifth game into Guild Ball and you tried to go into MASH and you didn't know MASH had unpredictable movement and he moved two inches away from you. Like, how does that fat ass have unpredictable movement? <laughs> And you were mad. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was when you were kind of still learning, yeah. but you had picked up the Brewers, and I had never really had friends playing the Brewers, so I didn't really know what they did either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. that's now the, Now, the one when I was, like, furious, like, when I was, like, just kind of brewing in myself, and I wanted to, like, punch this person in the face, uh, it was also War Machine. I think War Machine it is and was a game that really promotes bad feels. Uh, just because it's yep. it's a game of gotchas, it, it promotes gotchas and, and fucking gotchas. Yeah, yep. And I was playing against um, it was Retribution, and I was playing. I think I was playing my circle stuff. And basically, I went in and I was going to kill something, but he had the model that basically reduced the range of like your attacks and stuff, and it was an attachment to the unit, so I couldn't do the things because I couldn't see it. Well, I was like, okay, well, can I target something else then? He's like, nope, you already declared the action. I was like, well, why can't I do something else? That's not, you know, it's out of range, so I can't technically declare the action. And he's like, well, you already declared it, and you're out of range because the range got reduced. And I wanted to punch that nerd right in the fucking mouth. I was like, I was like, it's not that serious. We're playing at like a lower table of like a tournament, and I'm just trying to have a good time. And this tool bag wants to, you know, just really just it was bad. I want that. That's one of the few times I just wanted to punch somebody. It, I do agree. And this is part of the reason why I don't like super complicated games. Um, one, because I'm just not smart enough to hold all that shit in my head. But um, more importantly, I feel like if you have a super complicated game, it becomes almost impossible to have an open information game. Yeah. Cause because you spent, you spend all the time reading it. Well, no, and it, yeah, that's what that's the thing. Like, you can't just ask someone a simple question and have them be honest because if they're honest, they feel like they're revealing too much of their strategy. Yeah. And at the same time, if you can't get a simple answer, you're like, you're trying to fucking waste my time by making me have to like read and figure all this shit out. And you know what I, you know what I mean here. You know what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah, it, um, it, it is a game that promotes like, not like yes it's open information 
but you're trying to hide the information and see who can basically decipher that plan the best. And and it really does create a negative play experience, especially for newer players, which honestly, that's probably why the game fucking died. I mean, it's pretty much a dead game. Yeah, because they're doing all the Warcaster shit now. Yeah, and the last part of that question Powell had is just like, why does Brewmaster have to be so bad? And Powell, I don't know what to tell you. It's a really cool keyword with a bunch of drunk, you know, gremlin monks, and it's just, it's not super good. There's some people that can run it and do some cool things with it, but there's just a lot of masters in the bayou that kind of do what Brewmaster does, and they do it a little bit better. Uh, And some nerds might get mad at that, but generally speaking, that's why Brewmaster is not played as much in that faction. Um, This one comes from our buddy, Nick. So this question, Chris, is asking you, if you could live in any miniature universe, which one would it be and why? Oh, man. Yeah, that's loaded. Yeah, let me think about that. I mean, like, there's a part of me that I'm tempted to go like high tech, like infinity, right? Like get all the tech out of it like live live for example like and and i'll answer this kind of by asking another question like if you were someone that could be a king in like ancient times of the middle ages you could be a you could be a king a pharaoh have all of the an emperor you have all the servants and all the gold and riches and stuff versus like a dude today making 50 grand a year i think a dude today making 50 grand a year has a way fucking better life than being an emperor pharaoh of the ancient world and so i almost think that like i'd go that direction with my pick i think i'd pick something like infinity except obviously i'd want to go nomad so that i don't have a like with a camera up my ass all day yeah 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 I, so, th- I think while you're while you're kind of thinking about that and maybe something else is i actually would want to go with the warhammer fantasy world and that's just because the humans in that are really interesting and the human factions that you mostly see are either chaos. So you have these people warped by the chaotic energy and demons and powers. You have humans of the empire who are like these technological guns and, you know, steam tanks and stuff that are trying to fight off the bad guys and the beasts and, you know, keep mankind alive. And then you have the Bretonians who are almost like this King Arthur's court faction, which I think that would actually be a really cool place in that uh, scale to live because you basically are in like King Arthur's court. You have these levels of knights and you also have these peasants. So, I mean, there's a whole peasant knight system and it's just, it's a really interesting mechanic that was in the game, but the fluff was also just really interesting. They had the green knight who kind of reminded me of the black knight in like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like when you killed him, when you killed him, he just came back. Like it didn't matter if he cut off an arm, he just came back. Uh, so so, flesh wounds. Yeah. Yeah. And the monsters in that game are really cool. And I wouldn't be alive though, if I was in that world, because it got blown up in the end times and the bad guys won. So Bretonians aren't even, even a part of the human race that escaped when that world got blown up. Uh, so Bretonians actually aren't even a thing anymore. So you would have to have been one of the few surviving people from like the empire to basically get rescued by Sigmar. And it, it, it still makes me angry to this day, <laughs> but that's the place I would want to live. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I was, I've thought about this more. Like the other question is in this scenario, are you, are you like one of the 
you know, champions, heroes of this world, or are you just like a normal person? Because if you're like a normal person, it would suck to live in the world of like the Iron Kingdoms. It would suck to live in the free cities, like if you're just a normal Joe. But if you're like a guild ball star or well, even then you might have your leg chopped off in, you know, page one. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, <laughs> like the, some of those would be rough. Um, but I think I would do well in a Malifaux world, right? Like a weird West. Uh, yeah. Mal- type Malifaux world is where... very opportunistic. So I think, yeah, if, I think if, I you have that, uh, if you have that manifest destiny kind of vibe and you feel like you yeah. can really do well in that environment, I think Malifaux would be perfect. Yeah, I, I think I would do... I'll tell you which one I don't want to fucking be in. I don't want to live in the world of Kingdom Death. Fuck that. <laughs> I was going to say Kingdom I Death. I don't need bad too. a million-titted monster that has a dick face chasing me down left and right. Is that the wet nurse? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, that, no. Was, that sounds awful. It's like, oh, you're one of the few humans. Try to survive from this, you know, grotesque demon thing. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Um, so yeah, I do not want to live in that world at all. But yeah, I think I would. I think I would do well in the world of Malifaux. Yeah, Malifaux would be interesting. I think if you got that Wild West kind of like manifest destiny feel to you, where you're all about opportunity and you know you like the risk reward thing, I think that's definitely an environment that uh, you could be successful in. Yeah. Uh, so this one is a question that comes from Craig. So we talked about Third Floor Wars. And oh, what, yeah. what he has two questions. So first, what is one game you've yet to play that you know you'll love if you ever do? <laughs> well, I think the obvious answer is Bushido. Um, but I mean, technically, I've had a demo of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, uh, I've very small sample, but yeah, I think that I would... Well, and I think you would like it too, because anybody that has gone to play Bushido from Guild Ball has said they loved it. Like they said, it's it's a lot of similar things. It's a lot of, there's mechanics like kind of like the playbook and there's an interesting, you know, uh, decision tree that you have to kind of go on with each interaction. So, and it's a low model count. So all that kind of really speaks to people that like Guild Ball. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's one that's, a big one is Bushido for me, probably. Yeah, I think the one that if I ever, like if I, if there was a group that played this game, I think that I would play it over a lot of other games. And that is Flames of War. And I don't know if you've ever played it, Chris. I I know a little bit about it. So um, it's a World War II game. And basically, depending on which part of the war you decide to play in, there's different technology and models that come out of that, but just the different different things that that game presents with like tank formations, infantry, paratroopers, planes, uh, artillery, all this stuff just really speaks to what I love, which I'm a historical guy. So this game really is like something that if I found a group, I would buy into that game hard. But it's also the mechanics that I've read about because I've read it are they're a little complex, but it's nothing that's too crazy. I mean, it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's a lot of cost money wise. Like if, especially if you play like a faction, like the Russians, there's a lot of models that you have to buy. So that's kind of a barrier for a lot of people. And like infinity, it's kind of terrain. It can be terrain intensive and 
It's, it's just a tough game to find a good group for, but I know if I played it, I would play the crap out of it. Is that kind of like the best of those war, like World War II, World War One type games? Yeah, there's also, uh, there's a trench warfare game for World War One. I. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I've also heard some okay things about that. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, trench warfare, I mean, how much are you going to get out of that game? So, I, I don't know. Okay. So, well, this, go I ahead. mean, it might be it might be good to get into that one um, so you can practice with the Russians because I have a strong feeling we're going to be calling everyone comrade here in the next few months. Easy, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm, I've bought the uh, Russian models for, uh, I think they're called the Tartary faction and they're in the uh in the tack faction so i actually got russian models because russian military has always been very interesting to me when i've studied it i mean you look at like the russo sino war and uh i mean when japan basically kicked the crap out of russia and that was a surprise for a lot of people um it's just one of those things where russian military history has always been interesting and uh I, i always like reading and learning about it yeah, especially when like they turned over like all of their forces to Rasputin. <laughs> Old Rasputin. So, and then the second part of this question that Craig asked was, what is the one game you've tried at least twice, but you hate it a lot? <laughs> I don't really have a game like that. Um... Okay, well, what's a game that you tried and you just can't get on board with if you don't hate it? Oh, well, and this is why I'm excited to have this conversation is uh, Infinity. I I want to really love Infinity. I love the models. I love the theme of it. I love how it's like, you know, got that altered carbon shit going on in it. I I really want to love Infinity, but so damn fucking complicated that I just couldn't get into it. So, yeah, I played that one multiple times, and I still have the models. I still want to love it. It's just I, yeah. Um, if I was going to pick a game, let's see here. I'll, I'll, I'll do an unpopular opinion. I have tried, tried (laughs) to get into Marvel crisis protocol. I just can't get into it. You are really, you are really going to piss Craig off with that answer. (laughs) I told, so listen, this is what I tell people. I'm like, well, maybe when the X-Men come out, I'll get more into it, but it it's a, I get why people like it, but you already know I'm not a big comic book guy. So watching these kind of characters do these kind of silly things on the board, I'm like, okay, I mean, I can play it. Like I can tell you the rules and stuff, but I have at this time, I have no interest in playing the game. Maybe when the X-Men come out, I'll get more involved because I, I love X-Men. But the characters they had out, I'm like, okay, I mean, sure, what the fuck ever. But um, I just, I haven't been able to get into it. I'm I'm just not a fan of the stuff that is currently out. And I've had people ask me to play it, and I haven't. Hey, I have a question for you. This is going to be a total tangent. Um, I'm just kind of sitting around my living room and looking at stuff. How fucking cool would it be if Malifaux dropped models for... Um, What's the faction with Teddy Roosevelt in it? The the Explorer Society? Yeah, the Explorer Society. How dope would it be if someone dropped models for that faction that were uh, Deadwood themed? 
That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. You got like uh, some El Swearingen and, and Bullock models and stuff? Dude, no, that's not even the one I'd be excited with. Uh, what was What's the one dude's name? Mr. Wong? Oh, you cocksucker. <laughs> that's like the best. San Francisco, <laughs> cocksucker. That's like, that's like the best character in that show. And, oh, yeah, for uh, sure. And, you know, it would be it would be interesting because you could you literally could just add that. I think if you you could make a Bayou faction that was like Deadwood themed, right? Because oh, yeah, you got sure. the pigs already. You got, you know, some Oriental uh, um, gremlins that, you know, mimic that style. So and then you got like the cowboy style already built into the Bayou. So it's definitely you got, like you could do like Buffalo Bill and Calamity Jane and yeah. all them in there. Yeah. Calamity Jane's that, that, doing that too. Awesome. Oh yeah. Now I really want that to be a thing. I know, right? That would be really cool. I think that they they have some some cowboy aspects of the West, but I really feel like they could get more I know in the Wild West Exodus they do have some of the actual historical figures. Um so I I don't know if that's why Weird hasn't put that into Malifaux. But it would be really cool to see like a wider, you know, person or something, you know, like that. It'd just be cool. Well, maybe Wild West Exodus is the one that should adopt that idea. Like those Deadwood characters would fit perfectly in oh, yeah. Wild West Exodus. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Do we do we have any connections to people that are on the Wild West Exodus team? Oh, yeah. We, there's some North Carolina folks that, that have the stuff for it and play games. So uh, I know, should, I know they have it. that idea to the right people. <laughs> All right. And then the last question that we have from a listener that I'm going to uh, to answer, and I thought this was kind of a cool one. How have your gaming tastes changed since we started the podcast? Um, I have gotten way more into, even than I started into like theme and... Um, I've, I've realized more and more that like trying to be a competitive player just like, isn't like, it's just not fun for me. Right. Like I, 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 there would be so many instances where I would just like ruin my weekend by like trying to be competitive. Yeah. Um, And I think that was something we both kind of, as we started the podcast and got into it, we, I think we went into it really trying to like be like, oh, we know what we're talking about. We're going to be really good players. And as we kind of immersed ourselves into like not just our little pond, but the whole gaming community, we started to realize that there's just some people out there where it's like, you know, they're playing chess and I'm playing checkers, right? Like I played Alex Botts in, um, in a tournament for Guild Ball and he was arguably the best Guild Ball player in the world at that time. and I had to play him in like round four of a tournament and yeah, I was doing pretty good. I think I went like five and one in that tournament, but I'll tell you what, I mean, bots just mopped the floor with me. It wasn't even close. And I I was happy to get like four points out of that damn game. Yeah. Um, and I think I kind of realized that around a similar time, like, uh, when we did the steam con us and yeah, I wanted to go and do other things. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't even play in the tournament classes and, um, try different games and all that shit. Like I, I just, I realized like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to fill my time with these tournaments and things. I want to do something. I want to do something more, more fun, more casual. And, 
Like take I think the uh, learning that was important. Like take British guys out for barbecue. Yeah, I mean, like, and have hot I'll tell chicken you what, contests. <laughs> I I got way <laughs> I got way more out of the eating experiences in Nashville than I ever would have gotten in playing in one of those tournaments. Well, right, and like, just friendships. Right, we met a yeah. lot of great friends at that convention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of them we already knew, but yes. And this one, uh, this question actually came from Nathan Hoyle. I didn't mention it when uh, when I read it, but my gaming taste has changed a bunch since the podcast. Uh, because I'd say when we started the podcast, we were probably about a month or two out from, well, maybe two or three months out from playing War Machine, right? We just kind of made a decision where we didn't like where War Machine was going. The group was kind of like waning and we decided to play Guild Ball instead. It was just more fun. And I think as I've started to play more games and just talk to people through the podcast from all around the world, I've just come to realize that, and it might also be an older thing, I just don't have as much time as I used to, uh, that I really enjoy games with lower model counts and quicker quicker play. Amen. Yes, um, amen. I totally agree with I've, that. I've gone back because I commission paint and... I've I've had to paint armies for a couple of commissions. I'm pretty convinced that now that I finally finished my last army commission over the summer, I don't think I'm going to paint any more armies, even for money. Um, I'll paint skirmish game models, but I'm just song and song of ice and fire is the biggest I want my game to get. Yeah, and that's big too. Like yeah, I, I, I had to paint some song of ice and fire stuff, and I'm like, this is a shit ton of models. It's like I'm painting <laughs> like 50 models right now. I'm like, this is a grind. I'm like, how the hell did I do this? Yeah, I I agree. I I've embraced the skirmish game element. Like, you, man, it's just like it's easier on the pocketbook. It's usually easier to like understand and digest. Yeah. and and learn and be able to get good with it. They're better. They're better balanced in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, when you think about War Machine, man, that the endless combos of, you know, models that you could you could put together is just insane. Yeah, I mean, if you had if you had the whole, and we'll compare this real quick. If you had a whole faction of a mouth or a um, a War Machine or Horde faction, you had hundreds of models, literally hundreds. Yes, I do. Yeah, and whereas you play like Malifaux, I mean, yeah, you can have a lot of models for Malifaux, but even if you get the whole faction, you're talking maybe 80 models, depending on the faction, I think. It's it's not like an egregious amount. Uh, so I, I think it's very, very doable, and you don't even have to get all the fact or all the crews. You can just be like, oh, I just like these three crews, and that's what I'm going to run. Yeah, and then just imagine if you got like a whole like faction for Bushido. Yeah, yeah, right. And then going yeah, into infi- like twelve models or whatever it is, and it's the same <laughs> thing for Infinity. I'm like, oh well, I can just get this one faction. I can pick this, you know, sectorial, and I can get a couple of random boxes, and it's good. You're playing on a tabletop game where it, it's more like you have eight to fifteen models, and I, I think the the sync there with Malifaux and Infinity though are people really get into the terrain and that can be the time sink in that game. Um, yes. I'm not that person. I usually just borrow terrain from people. <laughs> and you're like neoprene terrain. That too. Well, you can't do that really with uh, infinity, but so I've definitely, that's how I've changed a lot. Uh, just that 
kind of like what you said, I, I just realized I'm not going to be the most competitive player. Uh, and I also just realized that I like skirmish games more than, than army games. Um, those big armies, just, you know, hundreds of models versus hundreds of models and you're rolling 80 dice at a time. I'm like, that's just not the game that I, I'm, I'm interested in anymore. And I, I want a game where I can get my models out quick. We can agree on something and we can fight it out and be done in a, a couple hours, three hours tops. Oh, that, that's, that's the other one is the time frame, yeah. right? Like let's get done with these games, putting, putting six hours into a game. Fuck that noise. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, really there's times where I used to play 40 K and fantasy and one game could take like six hours just sitting there kind of like going through the rule books and, you know, trying to figure out interactions and rolling dice and, yeah, it, it can take forever, and those are the kind of games that I really don't play anymore. Yeah, the the other one that I think about is like kind of the having elements to a game where you're never, you know, out of it. Like I I I don't think I could play games anymore where, you know, top of turn two, somebody kills your whole army and your day's over. You know, even though you spent a half an hour just setting up models. Yeah, right. You know, I, 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 I think that this the modern world of games, whether it's Guild Ball or uh, Crisis Protocol or or whatever, where you're able to bring your models back on the board and still continue playing your game, even if you know you're losing, is is important. I think it matters. Yeah, I think that's something that my mindset in gaming has. Um, changed a lot of is in every game that I play now, and this is pretty much since the podcast, because there's a lot of other times, uh, especially playing like War Machine, where you know you, you don't give a fuck about your opponent. But as I've played this pod or done this podcast and played the games for this podcast and my enjoyment, making sure my opponent is having a good time is something I've really tried to focus on in a lot of cases. And when do you focus on that with me? I mean, you have fun when I punch you in the face, right? No, what the fuck, man? <laughs> That's a little different. Dude, That's a little different. Do not let him sell you on this bag of lies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, that's also just doing research for the podcast and our rage quit stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're doing everyone a favor. Okay. Yep. I see. No, but seriously though, like, yes. Th and that's probably when you'll see me probably be my most anti-fun is usually it's competitive. Like when I'm trying to be competitive, I'm going to try to, you know, get you over one. Uh, but even then I've kind of changed off that where. I'll, we'll be playing and I'll be like, hey, remember, this model does this. You won't be able to do that. And then they'll do something else. It, it's just it's it's the point where the gotchas just really are frustrating. And I don't like games where it's like the other person is just having a terrible time anymore. Yeah. And I, I also think there's kind of an element of. So initially, when you're able to get gotchas off off on your opponent's it makes you feel like, oh, I'm so slick. I'm so smart. I figured this out, right? But the next level to that is someone that doesn't need to gotcha you, right? Like they don't need to trick you. It's that they're putting you in a situation where it's 
they're, they're just the better player, right? They're, they're putting you in a situation where it's not a trick. They've forced you to into a fork where you have to choose one path or another. And, and it's not that they tricked you. It's that they played well and forced you to have to make a tough decision. And then hopefully they're able to capitalize on that tough, tough decision. I, I think that, uh, you know, there, there are obviously skilled players that, um, are like that where you're like, yeah, I know this person is just a better player than me. Um, and it's not a matter of them tricking me. They just knew how to, you know, activate things in a proper order and, and where to position themselves. And I think that there's, there's value in that. And, and there's that next level where if you really want to be the best, you shouldn't have to do it via trick. You can do it via skill. Yeah, and I think something else that I know I I think you've gotten better at this too, just being more realistic about things is I think we've gotten better at like goal setting as a gamer, like things we want to do and are realistic for us to like get better at, right? Like I, I there were times where it's like, oh, I want to be number one. I want to do this, this, and this. And then you just start looking at it. You're like, well, why, no, why don't we start with this instead? Why don't I get good with this master or this team or that crew or that faction and really kind of explore it and just get really good with that. And just, I think we've gotten better as far as that goes too. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, that having more realistic expectations is, um, although I still, you know, want to win every game that I'm in and then let, you know, a bad game ruin my weekend. Um, <laughs> so I'm still working on that, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I agree with the concept at least now. Yeah. So looking at all this, Chris, and kind of going through kind of like everything that we've kind of experienced here, we're the rage quit wire. So we want people to have fun, but why do we enjoy these rage quit moments? Why do we enjoy the frustration? And why oh, do we fucking funny? <laughs> like, I mean, the, the, the funniest stories are the ones where we made our friends freak out. Or when you freak out. No, 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 no. I, I want that to happen to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so, so self-centered to make it all about me. I would like other people to have rage quit stories as well. <laughs> so I'm going to say my favorite rage quit that I think still to date that we have talked about and you, <laughs> and you can hear yours, but mine is when we went to, I think it was the first spring fling and you were just overly frustrated. I think you missed a, a couple of passes and a couple of goal shots and you just started really going to town cussing. You were just like, this bullshit. It's like, this is just, you know, blah. And you just started like vomiting just all this like rage out into the air. And you were pretty loud about it. And then uh, just a friend of North Carolina, Glenwood, just turns to you and is like, I, I think you need to, you're being very disrespectful. You shouldn't talk to your opponent that way. And you're like, I'm not fucking talking to my opponent. <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he reported me to the T.O. <laughs> He was like, and the T.O. Bill came up to me and he's like, now I've never had this happen where a player reported someone at another table than them <laughs> talking about how upsetting it was. Um, yeah, that's a good story. Although I think your favorite one is still the Kevin one. Um, I mean, I think the Glenn one one was just more more entertaining. The uh, okay, I can see that. you you're just cussing out, you know, to the world when 
when Kevin just kind of screwed you over was just funny to just watch. But yeah. So what's what's yeah. your favorite rage quit that we've explored through the years? Yeah, I mean the Kevin one comes to mind. That Glenwood one is a good one. Um, that time I should have kicked your fucking ass with um, my butchers, my fillet team when I was playing against... harder. No, you were playing engineers, I think. Uh, oh, in that tournament. No, no, no. It was it was at your house? Oh. Okay. And okay. I went into your I went into your engineers, and I had like multiple paths to victory, and it was like my dice just shit the bed on every opportunity I had, and I was just fucking pissed. I thought you were gonna say the "you always do this," Pete story was your favorite. Um. Well, which one? There's you always do it. So no, the original you always do this, Pete, with Joe. Oh yeah. Well, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up, Joe. And then you like twelve owed him or whatever. Well, it was funny because in that turn, it was the new. Uh, there were new models that came out, and you know when you're playing with a friend, you want to kind of explore it. And you know, I I was. I was wanting to take something back and Joe gets frustrated. Yeah, you're like the king of take backs. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and Joe wanted to, you know, he, he hadn't really ever beaten me before. And it was kind of close at that moment. Like it was early on in the game and it wasn't close. No one had scored yet. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It was close. It was zero, zero. <laughs> but anyways, I wanted to sequence an interaction differently. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go back here and I want to actually do this differently. Joe. He's like, no, I was like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> he's like, you always do this, Pete. You always, you play against me and you always want to take stuff back. And I'm like, when do I ever to ask you to take like something ridiculous back? And he's like, well, you always do this. And I and it got pretty heated where I was just like, what are you talking? Like, it, it was weird to me that this was like the hill he was kind of fighting on. And, and I was just like, why not Joe? Fine. But you want to know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fuck you up. It's like, you're not going to score a point this damn game. And unfortunately, he did score two points. So I, I, oh, I, he I, did. Okay. I shit talking didn't quite work, but. <laughs> oh, man. Talk the big game and shit the bed. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, those are just the, that's, that's the moments that just make up just gaming groups. Like that just the shit talking, the, you know, just really kind of like playful interactions. I'm going to fuck you up, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And Joe's I mean, I never get mad at Joe, so that was that was what, a weird What about let me ask you this one. What about let me the uh, a situation where you regret how you handled it? Like huh. you think, "Oh, I was wrong to do it this way," or maybe you realize you were wrong after the fact about a rule or you, you, you uh, a game that you regret the way it went um because you could have you could have treated an opponent better. I think if I'm going to talk about treating an opponent better, I think it would be kind of like in tournaments against some of the newer players. There was a, a tournament in Raleigh that we went to and I was playing, you know, cause like I said, sometimes I play the broken factions and I, I was playing the new, um, uh, whatever the engineers minor guild was called. I, I can't remember. Oh, the miners, the miners minor guild. So I was playing them and they were really OP and I was playing against a brand new player and she was she was an amazing like person, you know, but this was like maybe her third game and I just stomped her and I felt really bad about it afterwards. And she was really nice, which made me feel even worse. And 
it was like 12 and but it was also one of those weird times where you were like i tried to give her points but she didn't realize the points were there you know what i'm saying with new players and i think what i regret is i should have walked her through maybe how to get to that point like how to get those points when i presented them to her uh, because the game was easy in hand so i i did feel really bad about that um and there, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a similar one um, with Francisco in our in our area. Um, he he hadn't been gaming with us for a while, and he came back, and we were just playing a casual game. And I I think I was trying to try out some new things, and so I just wasn't really paying attention to the score. And before I knew it, I twelve would him, and it was like I I was just like, man, like I I wish I could go back, and I didn't do that. Like, I mean, he, he, he hadn't been gaming with us for a while and, um, you know, he just got smashed in this casual game. And I'm like, man, I should have been more aware of where I was at instead of just what could I do next? Um, and it, it was, it was just a, a wrong move on my part. Yeah. I think when, cause you and I both are, when we want to be, you're more, I'd say you're more outgoing than I am. I can be pretty you know, to myself when I want to be, but I have no problem interacting with people and I'm definitely comfortable in a public setting. I mean, I've had to speak to hundreds and thousands of people in my life for different occasions, but it's one of those weird things. Yeah. On OnlyFans, we know. Where, yeah. Wink. Wink. Um, <laughs> Wink. That's, hey man, I'm not a teacher anymore. I don't, I shut that down. <laughs> so... You I can't have your you can't have your classroom with Pete only fans up right. anymore. I do feel bad when I play introverts that I I didn't make them feel more comfortable, you know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't make them feel more comfortable playing the game and I I feel like there's some of those games I could have put the player at ease a little better. So that's something as like almost a personal goal that like when I sit down next to somebody and play a game with them, I I want them to feel comfortable and enjoy the game because why play this two, three hour game and be miserable the whole time? It's kind of like when you were flipping out during that God tier tournament. I'm like, Chris, you're playing a game with your buddy. It's like, try to have a little funnier. First of all, <laughs> I did not make that fucking tournament rule set for God tier that ruined my day. Okay. <laughs> Go blame Jamie or whoever. Okay. That was not my fault. But I will say, I think, my was ruined. <laughs> I think you do a really good job making those introverts or those really kind of quiet people feel more comfortable in games. I think you do an excellent job of that. Yeah, that's because I'm a nice guy, which I'm famous for. Yeah. In this podcast, <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, nice guy, Chris. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that. I think it's good to reflect back on those moments where it's like, man, how could I have done it differently? Or, you know, what, what could I have improved? It's, it's good to remember those times that you're like, ah, oh, man, I really wasn't as nice a guy as I could have been. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think generally it's probably a good idea to not tell your opponents that you're going to fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I do. I dude, I miss having a bunch of people over at the house and just drinking some beers and playing games. Like that's something that needs to come back. Yeah, you can still do that. I, I mean, I can, but you know, it's, it's called violating good judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of the problem. Is like a lot of the people that like to do that with our gaming group would come from like out of state to do that, um, mm. and we don't do that I as much with our. 
their COVID oh. ways. Yeah, I mean, don't trust their COVID. Yeah, I think most people are just trying to travel less. I mean, try to be at least a little responsible, right? <laughs> I, I can't relate to that. Fair. So I don't know, Chris, anything else uh, you want to say or, or ask or, or do before uh, we wrap up our hundredth episode? Nope. I think that uh, I've basically covered what I want to cover. Okay. Fair enough. Well, is make... there anything you want me to give a hot take on? <laughs> not, I mean, not at the moment. Okay. We'll, we'll have All plenty. Right. Of, we'll have plenty of hot takes when we talk about Infinity next week. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait to find out if I can play this game now. Uh, I think. I think. Spoiler: You're going to be a little surprised. Okay. Whether that's pleasant or angry, I'm not going to tell you yet. But <laughs> oh well, probably angry then. Oh man, but. Make sure that you guys check us out. We are kind of getting back in the groove. Uh, for some reason, I've noticed this in our podcast, Chris. September, October tend to be slower for us as a podcast. And really? I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's just the time of year. I, that's when school kind of used to get back in for me. So I think there's just something about those months where we put out less episodes and then we pick it back up going into the winter because uh, we can hibernate and put on more uh, body fat. I definitely think we should have an airing grievances episode again. Yeah, that's uh that's always a good one. And there's plenty even, to agree about. Even if about. no one else cares about it, um there it's therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so make sure you guys check out our YouTube channel. We are putting stuff out. Uh it, it it it'll pick up. We got the equipment, we're getting more comfortable with the editing software, so that'll that'll be something that'll be fun for us to keep playing around with. Um we all probably usually we put out at least three episodes, if not three to five episodes a month. Uh, if you want to support us, you can check out our Facebook and Twitter, interact with us on there. And then, uh, as always, if you want to be a patron, you can get some, uh, get some dice and get some cool swag. Uh, with that, I just sent out some, uh, swag to England. So that's pretty cool. And hopefully we can get new dice here soon. Chessex is kind of being, kind of being a punk about it but we'll figure it out uh, assholes um but yeah i think with that being said chris why don't you go ahead and sign us off all right everybody go roll dice throw salt we'll see you next time flip cards flip tables yep. <laughs> flip cards and flip tables